Blog Good Talk morning. Radio. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is your co-host, Mr. Richard Daniels. And today I'm taking the place of uh, Reverend Lewis. And today it's going to be a little different format from what we normally do today. But first, I'd like to talk about our sponsor, Miss Beverly Beasley. It's called Granite's Place. And it's a nonprofit organization that uh, offers uh, help for homeless people, people who's in trouble and everything. So we'd like to give our kudos for Miss Beverly Beasley. Thank you very much. And today, our format going to be a little bit different today than we normally do because basically I'm like a uh, I'm like a great debater. I like to do a lot of talking. I like to do a lot of debating and I like to talk about different aspects of different subjects that when you're talking about stuff uh, sometimes there's a lot of pro and sometimes a lot of con issues about a lot of subjects that you're dealing with in a community. But first I like to talk about some of the things that happen around in the country and in the world. And one of the most uh, important things that basically what happened, uh, kind of tragic things that happened this week was the death of a great philanthropist or activist world activist. He was a musician. He was a composer. And basically, he worked for freedom in South Africa. And basically, with with his act that we did for Mandela, he wrote a song about Mandela that basically got the people in South Africa to realize the injustice they were doing to the people and also to him, keeping him locked up after all those years. Uh, his name is uh, Mr. Hugh Masquerkeela, and he was a trumpet player. And I can say that he was one of my first. He was one of my first songs I learned. You know, I learned that song backward and forward, back and forward. It was called "Grazing in the Grass," "Grazing in the Grass," and it was uh, it was quite a nice tune because mostly at the time. Horn players didn't play too much on the radio. They didn't play too many jazz songs on the radio because the idiom of jazz was kind of like taboo at the time. And when you got in the airplane and playing a jazz song, basically it was was about two minutes. And after two minutes, they they couldn't listen to you too long because, you know, a lot of people don't like to listen to people solo, you know. So what he did through apartheid, he basically he used music as his vehicle to make the people in South Africa listen to him and basically he got all the other people around all the world to join in behind him. I think he had Stevie Wonder and all these other people come in and basically they let the man go, and he was a great 
a great trumpet player. He played with a lot of people. He played with mostly all of musicians all over the world. And basically, this went on for about, let's see, 50 years. 50 years he played like that. So I, I put out my sympathy for his family. He has a son. And his son put out a documentary on YouTube. You can go to it and you can see uh, some of the things that he did in life. And he was a great man. He used to be sold and mixed. And now I'm going to do a little bit more talking. We're going to talk about some of the things that was happening in our country and in our city of Dallas. And basically what I've been seeing today, how many of y'all have been noticing about these bicycles that they got laying around on the street? I've been seeing all color bicycles. I've seen a yellow one, orange lime one. I've seen a white one. I've seen a green one, a brown one. And all of them look like it, you know, they land on the sidewalks. And basically, I went to South Dallas. I saw a lot of young kids riding them. I see them a lot of these uh, community centers. I see a lot of them around downtown, a lot of them downtown. And what happened was a lot of these bike companies are from other cities, and they bought a lot of surplus of bicycles and throw them on the city. And I think they charge about a dollar. The first ride on some of them was free. And at the other times, it's a dollar a ride. And once after your hour or your day is up, they automatically shut off. So basically, that's what's happening. When they shut off, the people just jump off of them and leave them where they are. And the city of Dallas has offered an ultimatum to these companies to either you going to clean up your act uh, we're going to impound them and charge you a fee to get your property back. Which I can see is a good idea. The bicycles basically was a good idea because when you're talking about going green and saving energy and most I used to look at a lot of film, and we're going to talk about film in a minute. I was looking at a lot of TV, and I see most of them, some countries, they ride around on bicycles, uh, you know, ride around on bicycles. So I can see this same idea basically must have got in somebody's mind and say, we're going to try to help or either cut down on pollution, make excess able for travel to anybody, which is a good idea. But at the same time, other people are thinking the same way. And then when you get the influx of everybody has these brainstorms and they're thinking about making money, people forget about 
there's too much of the same thing happening in one time. So we see all these things that's happening, all these bikes around. We're trying to find a solution for them. So if you got any kind of you got any kind of other idea we can solve them, you know, call in next week and talk to Reverend Lewis about it. And we like your influence on our show because through our, your ideas and your opinion, we can have a serious conversations, a lot of serious conversations, basically. And then we can have some guests on our show. We're looking for some guests. And when we're talking about film, uh, Denton, Texas is having a black film festival. And for this to happen, you have to realize that the city of Denton is one of the premiers of the University of North Texas, which I'm alumni of, has a school of radio, TV, and film, and is one of the top filmmaking schools. Also, it has one of the best music schools in America. So they are using the downtown campus theater in Denton, Texas, as a springboard that is premiering independently made films from a lot of filmmakers. At the same time, they are also offering workshops to teach young filmmakers their craft in order order to learn how to make better films. So if you haven't any time, it starts at 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. today. And if you want to drive down to Denton, which is about a 40-mile drive, 45 to 35-minute drive, Go down there and check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Some new things. Check out new things. You know, it's just it's it's very important for our youth. Not only youth, anybody can learn. And some schools, whenever they offer these workshops and classes, you should run to them because education and free knowledge, and when it's free. Uh, when there's a small price, I mean, I mean, I mean, they have to charge something now, you know. But if they're charging a small price for great knowledge, you should quickly run to it. Because, as I learned a long time ago, knowledge is power. Again, let me say it again. Knowledge is power. When you have knowledge you have the ability to obtain certain things in life you normally wouldn't be able to do without without this knowledge. So what I'm saying is that a lot of people want to be good in their crafts or the job they have or either their 
occupation or even their career. I remember this guy when I was growing up with his name was Mr. Goth. His name was Arkit Goth. And he was a barber barber shop guy. I can't talk today. <laughs> he was a barber. Cut my hair. He cut a lot of curry. Cut Brother Lewis hair for a while. But he was one of the first entrepreneurs that I knew that started off with nothing, and he grew his trade by going to workshops or hairstyling shows and clinics, and he learned all these new techniques that it took in order to do the jerry curl. A lot of y'all know about the jerry curl. When the jerry curl first came out, Mr. Gall charged $150 for a jerry curl, and that's big money. But, you know, it also took about four hours for him to do it. So he had a lot of influx of customers because basically everybody back in the, I would say, was about the early, I would say about 89, 80, 979, 79, 80. Everybody I knew was trying to get this stuff on their head because these curls, you used to call them curls for the girls. <laughs> yeah, you get your curl and you didn't have to worry about it. Just put this activator in your hair. And he did it. He had a lot of customers, and Brother Goff came up. Believe me, he made a lot of money because he told me, in order for you to be good in your skill, you have to get knowledge and education. I didn't really pay attention at the time when he was talking to me because, you know, I was in other things, like I wanted to go to music school. But at the same time, he was talking me about going to be a barber. And I, you know, I didn't say, no, I don't want to cut her, man. You know, no, no. I say, well, I tell you what, when you learn your skill, nobody can take away what you know. Again, let me say that again. When you learn a skill or a trade or something you can do with your hands, Nobody can take this away from you. It is always a gift you have in order for you to make money or basically survive in life. When other areas of life are closing down, you lose your main job or you lose one job, God opened up these doors for you in order to use this natural skill that he has given you. Again, let me say that again. Whenever God closes one door, he opens another door. And if you have a skill or a trade, you can basically kick back into another groove. Without, you know, you might stay off of work a couple of weeks, you know, but if you have something that basically you can do for yourself, you can always survive in life. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So right now we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, other things. Uh, you know, uh, these black films are very important because 
when I was growing up, I be I used to be something like a a movie buff. Uh, I used to watch a lot of movies, a lot of black movies when it came on. Like again, we was talking about the early '80s and when we had the black flotation movies with the all these. Uh, let me see, Jim Brown, Fred Williamson. Uh, what's this other guy? His name was. Uh, you know, it was a lady. Yeah. Tamara Jones and, you know, the rest. But these films, basically, some of them was excellent. Some of them was poorly done. Some of them didn't have a script. Some of them have excellent scripts. But basically, the, the main prop uh, theme for most of these movies was going into the ghetto. Somebody's in the ghetto that's doing something crazy or taking over, oppressing the people. And then you have to have a villain, an arch villain. And then you have a hero, which was in a superhero position. You know, you have uh, Jim Brown coming in and, you know, he come in and shoot up a lot of, you know, dope dealers or shoot up a lot of old mafia-type-like guys come in and he knock them off. And then we had uh, 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 Pam Grill. Yeah, that that period of time. But most of these movies, sometimes they got stereotype. And when we talk about stereotype, we always had a Black people doing certain things, saying that black people couldn't do certain things. They had to do certain things. And we got a lot of people that basically kind of got fed up on it and tired of it. So we moved on to other things. We moved on to better films. Then we got Spike Lee that came out. Uh, had one film called Sweetback. Everybody know about Sweetback. You know, that's when Earth, Fruit, and Fire first came out with the soundtrack. And, you know, Melvin Van Peoples started off being an actor and director. A lot of people didn't like the film because it was kind of, it was it moved kind of strange. And a lot of people didn't understand it at first. But as it moved on, the films got better. They got better. Some of them didn't. But at the same time, Spike Lee used his movies to to state certain methods and use music and ideology in order to state what he wanted to tell people. You know, uh, but at the same time, these movies, either they can create or destroy at the same time, when rap came in, a lot of these movies started to use rap songs and these rap artists, and they started doing things and doing negative stuff and saying negative things about women. And, and uh, there was a lot of stereotyping them. But if you look at it, there's some positive stuff, and there's some negative stuff about about them. And when you look at America, 
and you want to state that America oppresses its people and through the arts it has a freedom for people to speak out speak out to say without being oppressed or censored or put down and then again I think I'm going back to what I was talking about at first when I was talking about brother Master Kilo, when he started using his music as a vehicle to state his political views. And when you do that, sometimes you get classified as being a, a radical. Sometimes you can't get jobs. Somebody, sometimes people won't hire you. Sometimes they even get blacklisted. And once you get blacklisted, you cannot work in in uh, music in Hollywood. And basically, you have to. I think he was one of the first artists to give free shows, free concerts. He let the people come in free. If they could do that today, I remember the first concert I went to was a James Brown concert. I think I paid ninety nine cents. 99 cents to get in to see a great show. As the years progressed, I started paying more money. I think the highest I paid to go to a concert was about $40. And I think one time I had a chance to go see Ray Charles, and he was charging $100 a person. Because you look at him, he's a great artist, and basically you might not never have seen him if he hadn't seen him in then, because he was kind of like on his fireware tour, fireware tour. So, through the idiom of film and music, you basically can bring out the good and also the bad. And many experts of life, um, basically political views, social views, um, anything that you basically you want to put into uh, effect, you can do through film and music. And I think that maybe uh, America should have the arts as one of its main vehicles for learning people in America. Don't cut the funding to the arts. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I know a lot of these these uh, federal grants and aids and stuff like that are getting kind of short call because they figure it's not necessary. And through music, basically, a lot of people don't like jazz anymore because, um, you know, it takes a lot of study to be a jazz musician. You just don't up and flip and start running and playing and start studying. If you don't do that, you be a mediocrity, mediocrity, and you will not be able to succeed in the world of music. But because the main thing about being a musician, 
is reading music and knowing the different songs and tunes and the keys that they played in. And also to being able to play with other people. Playing with other people. All this comes from studies. I didn't realize that until I, you know, went to school and I studied music. And I thought, amazing, most of all these guys got up there and just started jamming. But it's more than a jam session. There are some serious musicians, jazz musicians, and most of them serious musicians. A lot of them have great intellect. You wouldn't think it if you wouldn't talk to them. Like we had one guy, his name was uh, Miles Davis. He studied music. He could write music. He could write music. Herbie Hancock. Dexter Gordon. Who else we got? Quincy Jones. All these guys went to school in order to learn their trades. So what I'm saying is when we're talking to the youth of the day, get knowledge. Go to school. Learn all you can. Enrich yourself. But at the same time, don't forget about God and the gift that God has given you. Because without God, nothing is possible. You know, we always have to come back to this because we know that God gives you the strength in order to do everything. Without him, nothing is possible. So as we wind down today on our show, I appreciate Rem Joel Lewis for letting me run this show today. And I wish I could have some call-in time. I could talk to some a little bit more people, but I appreciate the time he allowed me today in order to do this. And again, we were talking about Miss Beverly Beasley of Granny Place. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. For everything you do, we appreciate it. Uh, I have been on this show as a co-host for about, I believe, 10 years now. Sometimes I uh, I run things. Sometimes I let Reverend Lewis run it. <laughs> but I appreciate him letting me do it today. And if you look and be wise and stay alert in Jesus, you'll be very successful in life. So as I wind down this show, I like to especially for you. When you think you're about to give up, yeah, just read your Bible. It'll tell you what to do. Be not weary. Be doing well. For in due season, you're going to reap See you next week.